0: Uh, many, many awesome things happened. If you have a testimony, we would love to hear it, love to share it, but uh, we only get to do that once a year. That's kind of, that's tricky. Some of you who worked it said that's all we want to do is once a year. It's a lot of work, but uh, pretty awesome, Patricia. Hey, real quick before we jump into this, ooh, that stool is coming down. If I fall, <laughs> that's not going to be good. Um, real quick, is this the ninth? All right, all right. Uh, so snacks next week, so that'd be the 16th, I somehow I messed that up, is table one, where you at, table one, okay, well you're all excited about Jesus and then snacks come Patricia and you, you're hiding on now, and then table four, there we go, Joel's ready, and then table ten. Oh, okay, there we go. They're getting excited about it. Very cool. Awesome stuff. How we doing? Is everyone okay after last night? Oh, (laughs) I'm too short. (laughs) Thank you, though. It's okay. If I fall, just pray for me. It's okay. Uh, Everyone's okay from last night? No, no comments. Let's keep it to a minimum. Otherwise, there'll be chaos in here. Oh, my soul, what, a, what an interesting time this is. My Bible's even upside down. Um, let me say a quick word to us, and then we'll dive into this. Um, Confident Living is a, a great night. It's also a conglomeration of a lot of different things happening. There's food here. Uh, there's a little bit of a, a lecture style for 20, 25 minutes. And then there's a mixture of discussion. And so we're kind of blending, again, multiple different styles. I mean, uh, I think it's a beautiful thing, but it, it really takes a lot of participation for this night to work. So when you when you get to the table time, when you get to discussing, um, just, just warm up to it. Just feel free to talk and uh, work out these questions and leaders, just lead everyone uh, in an awesome way into discussion. Because if we go through all of this and then we go to the table talk and everyone's kind of like, uh-oh. I'm not real comfortable talking, then we're all kind of stuck, so it's cool, it's a great night, just get to know people, we're all human here, uh, everyone's full of grace, so have a good time discussing these things, and, and remember, um, write down some, some of your own questions that you think pertain to this as well, bring them in, uh, but let's have a fun night, this is your night, and I want us to grow from it and enjoy it, all right? All right, let's do this, let's bow our heads, let's pray for this country. And let us pray for each other and let's pray for our minds tonight to be engaged in the Word of God and the Holy Spirit tonight. Father, thank you again for the call. Thank you for the the call of salvation. That no matter what happens in this world, we know that we're secure. And we want that to be real. We don't want that to be Christian talk. We want to look at the condition of our country, the condition of our world the many news stories going on, and we want, we want like Paul to be able to say that our anchor holds secure, that there is a finish line to this race, and that we bear the victor's crown because of Jesus Christ and the cross. And there is, there is not a heaven waiting. There's a heaven waiting to collide with an earth where heaven and earth will be one again, and we will be earth dwellers in joyous perfection again coming back to this place, make it real to us, open the eyes of our heart when we walk around and feel the breeze on our face, when we smell smells in the air, food cooking and laughter and we see children, when we hear birds and we see community and culture, help us to see beyond all the pain and frustration and give us a glimpse into a world that is coming, a perfect earth where your presence, Father, will cover the earth like water covers the sea. One one thing, everywhere we go one day through this earth, we will feel your presence. Sound will explode with color, and colors will give off sound, and animals will be united, and humans will be, in such a powerfully and radical way, deeply engaged and in love with each other a unity, a government that is pure justice and joy, a rule over us that is pure security and perfection through the Lord Jesus. This is our home. This is the world to come. And if you would, Holy Spirit, somehow in us, allow that world to break in now, that we would see Jesus in our own lives begin to show up, that we would begin to see love and joy and peace and patience. That would be an awesome gift of grace to us tonight. So help us through the scripture not to lose sight, because Paul's letters, just like Peter said, are deep and hard to understand. Help our minds not to lose focus tonight. We need to know the word of God. It is your revelation. You're speaking to us through your word, and help hearts to be humble enough and satisfied in you enough to be able to talk these things out when we rally his tables. Help us to be comfortable just being real. It is okay to be a broken human in this room because we have a savior. It's okay to share the hearts because that's how we grow. It's okay to confess sin. We're commanded to do it because we can grab those things together and we can help each other through it and grow in the Lord Jesus Christ. So we cannot do this by our will, by our willpower. I cannot press us into this. So Holy Spirit, I pray for every one of us, for our hearts to be softened and comfortable enough in this place to speak about real things of life and to understand the scripture and be able to apply the scripture to our lives so we see Jesus formed. Have your way with us tonight, and give us an awe and a peace as the children of God. And we'll thank you, we will thank you, and we will thank you and praise you. In Jesus' name, amen. All right, guys, so go to Colossians if you have your Bible, Colossians 2. And I know this is a little deep, guys. Uh, It's a tough letter, but bear with me as I teach through this. We are hitting on the theme of transformation. This section of Confident Living we're calling Becoming the New You, um, and that is the theme of Colossians, and let me work that out just a little bit. I had a great, great talk with a great friend uh, right before I walked in here on exposition and just the, the theme of Colossians and um, very sweet, encouraging talk Um As we go through this book, there's all kinds of thick theological themes, and it's like, ah, I can almost feel overwhelming as we're teaching through it. If you could remember this, though, if you can remember the book of Colossians and know that there are many, many themes in that book, in that letter that Paul wrote to this church, but the theme that he's trying to get to is transformation. Um, These Christians have chased all kinds of different modes and methods to become new people, and Paul is bringing them back to Christ in the renewing of the minds to become the people of God and become the people that they want to be. So keep that theme in mind as we go through this, okay? Make sense? Okay, we're diving in, so I'm going to cover a lot of ground in a short amount of time. Uh, bear with me here, bear with me, write some notes. I'm going to put one one statement on the screen in a, in a little bit, not just yet, but in a little bit. I want you to write it down, I want you to meditate on it, and maybe even talk about it at tables Uh, But I want you to think about it. This is going to permeate our Sunday morning sermons, and really it's a theme of how God is growing me in my own life. Let's talk about the mission of Jesus. Let's talk about the cross. Um, We have, at times, reduced the work of Jesus, the cross of Jesus, and actually becoming a Christian to having our sins forgiven and going to heaven when we die. And that is so true. That is the very core of Christianity. But what I want you to begin to develop is that's the beginning of the gospel. That's the beginning of Christianity. We've got to take it beyond that. We've got to go on this journey with Paul and say, okay, what does Jesus want to do? Okay, my sins are forgiven. I've received Jesus as my Savior. Is that, is that it? Do I just wait till he gets me out of here and, and go to heaven one day? And Paul says, overwhelmingly, no. Overwhelmingly, no. I just finished a book by N.T. Wright um, that lays all of this out. I, I hope to create a bookstore here Um, at the info desk, a small one, and sell some of these books um, so we can equip people with these themes. Um, What Paul says is, is when you got saved, that is the very beginning of a new life. And the theme of the core of Christianity is to reverse what happened, what happened in the garden. Fellowship with God was broken, and a perfect human was marred. And so, if you think about what Jesus did on the cross, um, the whole... Program of salvation is redu- to reverse that process. Is to bring us back into a perfect state, not on this earth, but one day on the new earth. But right here, right now, guys, we can become a shadow of what Jesus is and and what Adam was. That's that's the game. That's the game. And the real the real kind of complex part of of that is how does that happen? How does that process? of becoming a new person actually happened. And again, that's the theme of most of Paul's letters woven into all kinds of complicated things. So the mission of Jesus is to bring us literally, guys, and spiritually into a supernatural experience of becoming like Him. Now, when I say becoming like Him, what I'm talking about is found in the fruit of the Spirit primarily, love, joy, peace, patience understanding, long-suffering, which means putting up with people. Like, Jesus is so awesome, he puts up with me all day, all day. But he wants to make me like that as well. He wants joy to pour out of me. He wants peace uh, to pour out of me. And if we're all really, really real and raw tonight, all of us should raise our hands and testify that we are tired of feeling aggravation towards people, impatience towards people. Um, a sense of unsettledness in our lives and not peace and joy. And we should want to be transformed more and more. Well, that's the whole theme. That's that's what we want. And, and guys, let me just fire you up a little Patriciaism here. At some point, this idea of becoming a new person, of growing into the image of Jesus Christ, has just got to become exciting no matter where you're at in life. Teenager, senior, saints, I just made that up. Uh, middle-aged, whatever, single, married, divorced, wherever you're at in life, mom, stay-at-home mom, working mom, dad, blah, 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 you get the point. At some point, this idea of becoming like Jesus has to become intoxicating. I mean, if you're yawning, I said yawning through it. Half of us are yawning because it's Wednesday night. It's late and our stomachs are full. Uh, let me not use yawning. But if you're, if you're struggling with a little bit of monotony with that idea, here's the deal. If you're doing this Christian thing out of any other motive, than the excitement of actually seeing the character of Jesus show up in your life, it won't be real, and it will not last. If you're going through the motions for any type of ritualistic or traditionalistic um, pattern, it's not going to last. There's got to be an engaging, exciting rush through the Holy Spirit and excitement of becoming this new person that's driving this, push will wear you out. If you're pushing your way into Christianity for any odd motive, push will wear you out. But when you're pulled, it's intoxicating. And the reason I keep showing up is because I'm thrilled that I'm seeing little glimpses, little stages of growth in my life every single day. I'm seeing more of Jesus show up. When I read the Bible, I see that Jesus is patient, or he's loving children, or his guys are being total idiots, and he turns around and he goes, guys, and he lovingly gathers them in, and he doesn't punch anybody. That was a joke. (laughs) When I start seeing those attributes in my life, It's intoxicating. It's not me pushing my way into Christianity. I I feel like I'm being pulled out of joy through the Holy Spirit. I want more of that. I want more of this in my life. I pray that lasts until my dying breath. A new you. A new you. Fantastic. So here's the theme of Colossians. Again, the Colossians got saved. It's very evident in the first couple verses, four or five verses in chapter one. They got saved, but like newborn babes, born again, like newborn babies who have come out of the womb or a spiritual womb, nobody is developing them. Nobody is teaching them how to eat. Nobody is teaching them what to digest spiritually so they begin to see the growth. Uh, They wanted more. But they didn't know how to get it. They didn't know what it looked like. You know, Holy Spirit, do something. Grow me. I'm tired of my impatience. I'm tired of my frustration. I'm tired of my fears. Grow me out of this. Make me like Jesus. But I don't know where to find it. I don't know how to do it. And that's the whole reason Paul writes this letter. He's like, guys, it's kind of a circular letter to probably multiple churches. And he's like, look, don't forget this is the way the Holy Spirit changes you, makes you new. And so the first thing Paul's going to lay out here in chapter 2, we're going to work through chapter 2 this week and next week, is he's going to lay down some principles, guys. So the first thing you've got to realize, and man, I remember the first time I taught this at a Romans 6 in the church that I started in Sacramento. I couldn't believe the response. It was so powerful and so amazing. Um, I, it, it was like a revelation to me that people, Christian people don't understand this doctrine right here. The first thing Paul is going to lay down and the first thing you've got to understand if you're going to really believe that you can be someone new is that we are free from sin's control. Now, let me qualify that a little bit. We are free to an extent. As long as we have this body, There is sin, and I don't exactly know how this works, but there is sin woven into the human body. So while the spirit is made one, the soul is made one with Jesus, and it's renewed, and it's this new thing, and there's this power coming through us, and there's transformation happening, we're still wrapped up in this body. And that's what the resurrection is all about. We need a new body, eradicated uh, where sin is eradicated, it's, it's flung out. So now we have a soul and a body that has no sin remaining in it. That is when we'll be truly free from sin, but we are overwhelmingly free from sin's control. And see, I think we've been in a mode of, of struggling with sin, at least I have, for so long. It's that, it's that old story about that slave, uh, that Roman slave who's walking down a Roman road, but he's free, he's been made a free man. But he's been a slave his whole life. And so what he sees is he sees his old master walking up the old dusty road. And the shop's on the sides and people are running back and forth and selling and trading. And, and uh, as soon as he sees his old master, although he's free because he's been a slave by that master so long, he immediately responds to his master like a slave again. And that's kind of how the Christian life works. We've been doing something, maybe struggling with anger for so long and so long and so long and so long and so long. Even though we're free from sin, it's almost like we don't know how to function free from that thing anymore. So Paul says, look, this is the first principle, guys. You, you are not enslaved to sin anymore. The Spirit of Jesus has broken the chain, and he's now trying to form the life of Christ in you where anger is now replaced with patience. Racism and bitterness is now replaced with love and prayer." You don't have to live that life anymore. Amazing, amazing thought. Look at Colossians 2, and I'm going to run through uh, verses 6 to 12. Don't lose me here, okay? I'm going to do a running commentary, and I'm going to try to explain all these verses. Keep this thought in mind. You don't have to enslave yourself and do what the body says like you used to. You are not stuck in a repetitive pattern of a damaging behavior anymore. He says in 2.6, Therefore, as you have received Christ Jesus the Lord. What does that mean? Hala, Talk to me. There we go. Right on, guys. Good. See, I'm warming you up for table talk. That's all. Therefore, as you have been saved, as you have received Christ Jesus the Lord, so walk in him. Anytime you see that word walk, it means now live a lifestyle. So what he says is because you're saved, you can now live a lifestyle like Jesus. It's going to be a journey, but it's there. The Spirit's power is there. Now, it goes like this in verse 7. Rooted and built up in him and established in the faith, which is to say we've got to learn the faith, the pistis, the, the, the Christian doctrine, how Jesus thinks. We've got to root ourselves in it. We've got to build ourselves up in it. He says, just as you were taught, so you've got to be taught it, and what you're going to do is when you see the life of Jesus showing up, you're going to abound in thanksgiving. It's going to blow your mind. Verse 8, see to it, but here's the problem. Here's the theme of Colossians. See to it that no one takes you captive, okay? See to it that nobody tells you that you becoming a new person can be done outside of Jesus, That's what he's saying right there. See to it that no one takes you captive by philosophy and empty deceit according to human tradition, according to the very basic things that humans have that promise change. They don't work, and not according to Christ. In other words, come back to Christ. So these new baby Christians are being bombarded by Roman philosophy, Roman culture, Jewish traditionalism, asceticism, severity to the body, all of this stuff to change them. We'll get into it next week a little bit more. Paul says, none of it's working. Come back to Jesus and find out how he changes you. Verse 9, for in Jesus, for in him, the whole fullness of deity dwells bodily. Like if you have Jesus, Jesus is deity. He's woven into a dance with the Trinity, and you have him. He is sufficient to change you. Like, you have that power in you. With a thought he creates the universe, he's in you. He can make you new, verse 10. And you have been filled in him. You have been stuffed tremendously with his spirit. You have the fullness of his spirit who is the head of all rule and authority. If he he is the authoritative king over all that is created, then he is your authority, he has given you his spirit, and he can change you. Verse 11, in him, through him, now here here you go, don't lose me here, okay? You were circumcised? I don't got to explain that, right? Okay, cool. I just want to check. Now, he's going he's gonna to do a little... Paul does this thing. He just gets very complicated. Bear with me. I'll explain it. In Christ, in Jesus, you were circumcised... Mm, better work that one out, Paul. With a circumcision. Oh, so it's a different type of circumcision. It's the cutting off of a different flesh. In Christ, you were circumcised with a circumcision made without hands. It wasn't a physical circumcision... But he killed the flesh that is enslaving you to sin. He cut that off. By him going to the cross, he killed the flesh and the power of the flesh that, cut, that kept dragging you back to the same old sinful ways. Does that make sense? That's what he's saying. Verse 12, here's how it happened. In other words, he deadened the power of sin in your body. Um, where the presence of the Holy Spirit is, sin is going to die. Verse 12, having been buried with Jesus in baptism, in which you were also raised with him through the faith in the power, powerful working of God who raised him from the dead. What Paul just said there is just as Jesus died on the cross and went into the grave dead, and then rose as a new, a new form. He rose in a glorified state. His spirit has done the same thing in part to you. He has has killed the old life. He has deadened the power of sin that ruled over you, and he has raised up a new human being, and all you've got to do now is tap into the way to keep growing into his likeness. The power's there. The sin in the body is deadened. Game on. Okay, Paul, how do we go at it? How do we go at it? In other words, Paul is saying, why are you looking to other things to be changed? Look to Jesus. And what he says in Colossians 2.23 is all the different methods that you're using to be changed to get over these aggravating things that you keep saying, seeing in your life, um, they, aren't, they aren't working because they don't get to the root of the problem. But the Holy Spirit can get to the root of the problem, and he can uproot it and change you. Look at Colossians 2.23. So he goes through this list. People are using religion. People are using checklists. People are trying to be more disciplined. People are trying to use... Um, Judaism. They're trying to use mysticism, weird visions that aren't from God. And then he goes like this in 2.23. These things indeed have an appearance of wisdom. Okay, they look like they're working in promoting a self-made religion, asceticism, severity of the body. These things look like they're changing people, but they are of no value in stopping the indulgence of the flesh. So here's our question back to Paul. Paul, how do I stop then the remaining sin in my flesh and become like Jesus? Are you with me? That's way too much for a Wednesday night. All right. I got a few minutes here. Here's what we're going to do. Go to Ephesians 4. Hurry, hurry, hurry. Ephesians 4. And if you don't have a Bible, it's cool. Let me explain this. So, if we're free from the slavery of sin, and now we can grow and actually become like the Lord, where do we start? What's the starting point? What do we attack? What do we focus on? What, what do we major on? Because if you're like me, it was like, go through the list, and the, the list isn't bad, but go, go to church, give, pray, tell people about Jesus, that's kind of the game. But then you start realizing, but I'm still struggling with these things. So now we got to find the root. What is at the root of, of uh, impatience? What is at the root of fear? What is at the root? Where is it all coming from? Now watch this in Ephesians 4. I want you to get a pen out and write in your Bible if, if you do that type of thing. Let's find the roots, and once we find the root, we can begin to work with the roots and change the root. You change the root, you change the life. Look at 4.17. Paul says, Now this I say and testify in the Lord, that you must no longer walk, you must no longer live a lifestyle as lost people do, as Gentiles do, as lost people do. What's going on in a person who's outside of Jesus in where they're struggling so bad? In the futility of their what? Underline it. Minds. Verse 18. They are darkened in their what? Thoughts. Understandings. Underline that word alienated from the life of God because of the ignorance. That is a mental exercise that is in them due to the hardness of their heart or their emotional, their intellect. He's pointing at the mind. Verse 19, they have become callous in their minds and have given themselves up to sensuality, greedy, to practice every kind of impurity. And then he goes like this, but Christian, that is not the way you what? That is not the way you learned Christ. There you, there's the mind again. Verse 21. Assuming that you have heard about him and were taught, there's the mental exercise, in him, you learn the ways of Jesus. He says in verse 23, here's, here's the Christian life, here's what this thing's all about, and to be the re- renewed in the spirit of your minds. Isn't that interesting? I mean, if we want to change into the image of Christ, what's the starting point? It's the mind. It's the mind, because the life flows from the mind. Behavior flows out from the mind. Look at Colossians 3.15. He goes at it again. So here's what we got to do. Here's the exercise. Here's the exercise. We have got to get the ways of Jesus into our minds. That's how we're going to become like Jesus. That's how the Holy Spirit is going to work the heart. He needs the ways of Jesus in our minds To do the transforming work. And that's why Paul says in 3.15, Let the peace of Christ rule on your hearts. I want that bad. I want to live that life. To which indeed you were called in one body and be thankful. Now watch this. Let the word of Christ dwell. Stay home. That's the same Greek word as when Peter looked in the tomb when Jesus wasn't there. And he went like this. He just hung there. He He just stared. He's saying, we we are to stare into the word of God like that. Let the word of Christ be at home with you, richly teaching and admonishing one another in all wisdom. Why do we have a music ministry? Singing psalms and hymns and spiritual songs with thankfulness in your hearts to God. Because they're songs that teach about the ways of Jesus. They renew the mind. So we got to get the word of Christ into our minds. And the Holy Spirit will then take them and he will begin to rework the heart's and that is when we'll begin to see the ways of Jesus show up in our lives. I'm going to put, uh, Bernie, go ahead and throw that slide up. I want you guys to write this down. And I want you to think through this. Colossians 3, 15 and 16. Colossians 3, 15 and 16. Yeah, yeah, I'm jumping ahead just a hair, guys. So let me, let me get this to you. I want you to write this down. Man, this is it. This is it in a nutshell. This is what Bethel is all about. This is what it's supposed to be all about. Like, why do we come here? This. This is the Christian practice. Becoming the new you is progressively, over time, replacing... Guys, please get a hold of these words. Destructive and inaccurate images and ideas in your mind. progressively replacing them with the images and ideas that are from the mind of God. How you view yourself, your thoughts are all jacked up. I'll never be anybody. God can never love me. That is a very destructive and inaccurate way to think, which is creating a behavior. You've got to get God's word to work back into your mind and get his words on how he views you until you begin to believe it. If it's anger, if it's, if it's fear, it's impatience, whatever it is in your own world and in, in your own life, that is a destructive and very inaccurate image and idea of how to deal with people. You've got to get the ways of God, the ways of Jesus, into your mind. He was patient. He was kind. He was long-suffering. He was gentle. He understood. And you got to work them into your mind until you recreate the thought habit. That, That is it, man. That's it. Nothing to it. Nothing to it. Look at the second half of that statement. Becoming the new you is the total interchange of your ideas and images for God's ideas and God's images. In other words, I've got to get this stuff out of my mind, and I've got to get God's word back in my mind to retrain my mind on how to think about other people, myself, the world around me. And what the Holy Spirit will begin to do is take those thoughts and awaken this awesome affection in the heart, and you'll begin to actually act it it out. Does that make sense? I'm going to stop there. I'm out of time. Um, But here's what I want you to notice. Colossians 2.19, super quick. I love this idea. Uh, Don't even go there. Just look up here real quick and we'll shut this down. And we'll touch on this next week. Here's the cool thing, guys. You are designed to do this with other people. You are designed to do this with other people. The church is designed to create community where this can be worked out. We're not to walk into a building, go through this service thing, and then then leave and show up again next Sunday. We are to be doing life together, working together, loving each other, meeting constantly in all kinds of unique little ways, and helping each other learn the ways of Jesus and how God thinks about all aspects of life, and look at the way we think about about the world and all aspects of life, and slowly help each other Throw out our thoughts and work in new thoughts and work them and work them together as friends until they, be, they become habits, thought habits, and we start seeing the actual action show up in your life. Think about it. think about how damaging the world is at times. Think about the message that's being thrown at you. Think about the um, isolation you may be in and, and how your thoughts just run and run and they're negative and they're nasty and that's how all of us struggle. We've got to have community where we can be meeting multiple times a week and helping each other say, no, you don't have to be mad about that. You don't have to be sad about that. Jesus says this. Let's, let's work this back together. So here's my kind of summation that I want to work into a discussion. We are to be together constantly, guys, with Scripture at the center, confessing. If we are not in a place to confess to each other, we're in trouble. Confessing and learning the ways of Jesus together. Guys, I'm really struggling right now with this. You know, I I really had a tough day with my wife because I was really just in total anxiety. I called my wife today and I said, I got anxiety today. Like, I'm just filled with anxiety. I don't know what's going on. My thought life was so messed up. There was nothing even happening. I was just full of anxiety. It's an old habit of my mind. And she speaks the ways of Jesus at me. Whoa. Holy Spirit starts taking all of that Jesus thought and he starts working it into my mind and saying, no, John, you got this. You can believe in this. And all of a sudden that, that flesh, that anxiety starts going away and I start, I'm start. i full of faith. I see the life of Jesus showing back up in me. So here's my big question. As we are, we are rebuilding parts of Bethel, how can Bethel develop more opportunities to be together, to look at the word together and help each other renew our minds. That's critical for our future here. All right? So let's spin. Let's have a good time. Let's not be afraid. Let's open this up in discussion. I want to pray for you real quick, and then we're going to dive into this. But I want that to be a part of your discussion. How can we, as leaders here, create more opportunity for us to help each other renew our minds and grow in the image of Jesus Christ? But let me pray super fast for us. Father... Please do something with this. I know I'm speaking quickly. I know time is short. But this is critical. Help us create a culture here of community where we are so loving and so full of grace that we are comfortable confessing our struggles and where our minds have gone off the rails and where we can speak the ways of Jesus back into our minds and renew the thought pattern until we believe it and we live it. Please give us wisdom as we we work together to collaborate and create and uh, do something special uh, in every one of these tables. And we'll thank you in Jesus' name, amen.